Ladies and gentlemen, 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's John Hogue, the other guy on the other podcast. Thanks for joining us. And I see live and direct from exotic Valdosta, Georgia, we're joined by Diana. Hi, Diana. Yep, you are. Here I am. <laughs> Well, how are things down there in uh, beautiful Valdosta? You know, today was so beautiful. Uh, I can't even, it was just glorious. Uh, crisp and cool and just what a winter day should be. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to pretend that I didn't hear any uh, sirens go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've got to check the cop news as usual. Well, I know. While he's doing that, I'm going to remind people that Stacy has been known to blog at theothermccain.com, and you can also find his writings at other fine places around the interwebs. Yes, and uh, my good friend John Hogue's blogging at hoguash.com. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking, and, uh, wow, I'm not seeing any... Um, it's been a quiet uh, week. Yeah, it's been a quiet week, except for Loundsman faces drug trafficking charges. Yeah, well, we have a few of those. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, yes. The Lowndes County Sheriff's Department uh, Special Operations Division carried out a search warrant at a home on Kinderloo Clyatville Road, finding mm -hmm. 12 pounds of methamphetamine. Yes. Seven pounds of marijuana, firearms, mm -hmm. currency, tobacco, and an upscale. <laughs> well, anyways. Uh, trust me, I know the area, and we looked at houses there and said, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, kind of sketchy out there. No, no, the, uh... just very, just they're on really huge lots, and they're, they're, they're huge uh, structures. It's just not for two people. Don't be silly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Too much maintenance. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I mowing an acre and an eighth was enough for me uh, when Oof. I was in my thirties. You know, now I Oof. live on a, a a four tenth of an acre lot. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm uh, uh, looking at the agenda here, and it's uh, telling me that uh, I'm supposed to rant about football for a while. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. and, and the problem is. We're running out of football, okay? And this is, uh, uh, they're, they're, we've got the AFC and NFC championship games on Sunday, mm -hmm. and, and then we have a two-week um, uh, wait for the Super Bowl, 
And so, and so there's only three football games left. I'm so sad. I, I, it's just, but <laughs> stay, I'm stay. happy at the same time because this week, uh, the big news out of uh, Boston was that my New England Patriots have hired Bill O'Brien from the University oh of Alabama as their offensive coordinator. Now, Bill O'Brien had been with the Patriots and then he went down to Tuscaloosa to act as offensive coordinator for the past two seasons. And, you know, this past season in uh, New England uh, was was miserable uh, because they had um, uh, they had tried to take two guys who had never coached offense before yeah. and make them the offensive coordinators. And that worked out. Well, uh, it's like uh, – uh, when Jimmy Page uh, told uh, 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 Keith Moon that he was uh, uh, going to uh, uh, start a new band, and 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 Keith Moon said, "Well, that'll go over like over a like lead, a ze- lead, bo- lead, lead Zeppelin, yeah, yes." <laughs> and, and so, uh, which is how that band got his name. But yeah, it was mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, uh, it was bad in uh, New England this year for my mm-hmm. guy. Mac Jones, you know, because I'm a mm-hmm. University of Alabama fan, and when they drafted Mac Jones up in New England, I became a Patriot fan by default. But meanwhile, <laughs> on Sunday, speaking of Alabama, um, the Philadelphia Eagles, with the best record in the entire league, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, with quarterback Jalen Hurts, uh, who was at Alabama and then left after a Tua Tagovailoa beat him out for the uh, uh, starting job. Well, anyways, uh, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles will play host to the San Francisco 49ers in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. And uh, uh, the, the Niners are um, led by uh, rookie quarterback Brock Purdy. Uh, who has not lost a game since becoming the starter. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so it's going to be, it should be a good game at least. Uh, but uh, I, I, I guess I'm going to have to cheer for the Eagles because uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, it's my Bama thing. It's how it works. And meanwhile, and then in the nightcap, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs hope host the Cincinnati Bengals and mm-hmm. of course I'm cheering for the Bengals because they've got an SEC boy at quarterback Joe Burrow <laughs> and um and uh and and I personally hate Kansas City because yeah. there's this broadcaster on Fox Sports named Nick Wright and Nick if oh, you're listening him. to me this is what you get for hating on Mac Jones right <laughs> You got you got the Joe Burrow jinx coming to town. Joe Burrow has not yet lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, and so uh, so that uh, uh, we're we're going to be cheering for the Bengals on uh, on uh, Sunday night. So that is the football wrap up for today. So mm-hmm. and there we go. And we're going to only have one or two more of these. Uh, uh, well, I guess three, because we get one next week where we talk about 
the Super Bowl. And then the week after that, we'll still be talking about the Super Bowl. And then after that, we'll talk about how the Super Bowl went. And then we're going to be weeks and weeks of no football to talk about. My life has no meaning or purpose. Okay. <laughs> you know, see, here's the thing is that I, I got interested in football because I needed something to distract me from politics because politics mm -hmm. is a bummer, right? You know, and yeah. if you spend all your time looking at politics, you'll, you'll go crazy. Yes. Mm, okay. Yes. I, I mean, because you'll start thinking about warm baths and razor blades. Um, I've gone down a few, uh, I've gone the, down the Jordan Peterson, uh, talking about Genesis, uh, rabbit hole. That's how mm -hmm. bad it's gotten. Okay. Yeah, last night I was watching a YouTube video about uh, a history of the Normans. Yeah. And I fell asleep watching the video. And I, when I woke up, they were talking about the Vikings and mm -hmm. how they got all the way to Constantinople. They did indeed. The Varingian Guard. The Varingian yep. Guard. And uh, by the way, I have a brief but very funny story about that. John Ringo has this series, the Ghost series, which ends up set in Georgia. And he was trying to figure out how he got the Varingian Guard to Georgia. And I said, I looked at him for a moment and I said, Trebizond. And he looked at me blankly and I said, Trebizond was the outpost of the uh, of Constantinople that fell um, about a almost a decade after Constantinople. Um, and the mother of the last emperor of Trebizond was a Georgian princess. Oh, and John okay. is staring at me with this why with this expression that I can only describe as not just okay, I'm not gonna ask how you know that, but why do you know that? <laughs> because you're probably like me, the sort of person that would then have any better do read the encyclopedia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As a child, that was my uh, but, but uh, I, favorite learned lots, I, I learned lots of useful things out of, of the encyclopedia. For example, um, I learned that the stove gas that they're trying mm. to ban is methane. Yeah. And then, and here at the first part of the week, I had a, a post up uh, uh, noting that Space mm. News was reporting that they had uh, down in Boca Chica, and I used to live in Brownsville, so Boca Chica is halfway between Brownsville and the coast down the uh, the Rio Grande River. Mm. Um, uh, uh, they had fully stacked the Starship vehicle mm -hmm. on top of a super heavy booster mm -hmm. and had uh, done the uh, full uh, rehearsal fueling the thing with liquid oxygen. And instead of using kerosene, uh, mm -hmm. this uses a much more efficient uh, fuel, methane, liquid methane, mm -hmm. uh, which is, of course, compressed natural gas. Uh, mm -hmm. And, of course... As soon as uh, I read that, I, 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 this was right after all the, the s s gas stove nonsense that uh, yep. popped up for a couple of weeks. And I, I, so I, I tagged it with a, well, now, how did that ever pass environmental review? And then I have a couple of, <laughs> uh, of, of those uh, um, marks uh, that you use uh, in programming to, to, to start and begin stuff. And then the science section begins. 
It passed because methane is a cleaner burning fuel than RP-1 kerosene, which is what <laughs> most rockets use, including the SpaceX Falcon series. And then an engineering tag that said, and while liquid methane is uh, very cold, it's much warmer than liquid hydrogen, like NASA mm -hmm. is trying to use. Uh, they did use in the shuttle and they're uh, using in uh, the uh, SLS thing. And by, But it's a lot warmer. And by a lot warmer, I mean... 80 degrees C, and to give you an idea how much warmer 80, an 80 degrees C difference is, that's mm -hmm. the difference between room temperature and boiling water. <laughs> and, and, so, and so the thermal stress in the plumbing uh, is actually less because uh, it's colder than kerosene and a lot warmer than liquid hydrogen and not too far off from liquid, what liquid oxygen is anyway. So, you know, mm -hmm. this is a really smart move by... Uh, SpaceX and uh, and how they're doing that. And it's it's nice to see something being done with you know good engineering, mm. and I hope it is very successful. So I, I I'm 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 pulling for that one the same way you're pulling for teams in football. Mm. <laughs> it's a difference in our backgrounds. Oh my goodness! But I... at least neither one of us are rioting over it. Yes, yes. Uh, speaking of riots, yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm, uh, I was just now uh, checking the news to make sure that there has been no riot um, uh, yet in um, uh, Atlanta. Not in Atlanta. Not, not this week, anyways. Uh, I no. have an item this week called State of Emergency. Governor Kemp issues ordered to deal with Atlanta rioters. In the wake of a shooting... Between Antifa terrorists and law enforcement at the site of a future public safety training facility and domestic terrorist activity in downtown Atlanta, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia declared a 15-day state of emergency that allows him to call up the National Guard to deal with these out-of-town insurgents if need be. Mm -hmm. Um. And, uh, and and I tell you what, the executive order was fun to read, but the, <laughs> uh, um, but it comes as tensions could ratchet back up this weekend after five Memphis police officers face murder charges in the beating mm. death of a suspect. We'll get into that uh, in a little more detail in a bit. Yeah, 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 we will. But but uh, but this got me off on something I ranted about this week that I might want to rant a little bit more about, uh, namely that, that these forest defenders, these mm. Antifa goons who are trying to stop the building of the uh, police training center. Yeah, right. Um, uh, uh, they call themselves forest defenders. And I'm like, <laughs> That ain't no forest. That's just woods, man. Well, and it, not long ago, it was agricultural land. Right, right. Not right. all that long ago. Yeah, it's like, it's like. look, let me tell you something. When I was a boy, I, I for a little bit, I one summer, I, I, I mowed lawns. I got paid oh. to, to mow lawns for people. And there's one house um, that I saw that... Uh, apparently somebody had an alcohol problem or something, but anyways, mm. uh, they hadn't mowed their lawn in like a few weeks and Oops. it was, it was like waist high. Okay. And, and, and I want to tell you something, 
if you're in the the, the if people don't understand the the climate. If you're in not in the South, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! And look, if you stop mowing your lawn in Georgia, okay, and one spring, <laughs> let's just say that one spring you stop mowing your lawn. By the by, the time fall comes, that stuff is going to be head high. Okay, it's going to be head high, and some of the things growing in there will actually be trees, and they okay? will fight back. <laughs> within within two years, you'll have saplings. Okay, mm-hmm. like like eight foot tall trees will be growing in your front yard. And within three or four years, those trees are going to be 15, 20 feet tall. Okay. That's how fast stuff grows in Georgia. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're claiming, well, this was, and it's just, I'm seeing this stuff repeated in the media Mm -hmm. where they call it the Relawny forest. Okay. Well, well, uh, you can do a, a search for this term and good luck finding anything um, about the t- using the phrase we forest prior mm-hmm. to 2021 may mm-hmm. not even have been in 2021. They, they coined this term, right? So that all of their green um, comrades in Seattle oh. and everywhere else would get the idea that what they're dealing with here is some kind of aboriginal indigenous uh, sacred nature spot and it's just a damn grown up second growth not even second growth yeah no it's not it's not even first climax it's scrub yeah <laughs> Uh, it's the uh, first climax in that part of uh, Georgia you're talking about around Atlanta occurs mm-hmm. at about 60 years of uh, uh, growth and it's mostly hardwoods. And then at about 150 years, roughly, you'll, it'll, it'll, uh, everything will be shaded out by pine trees. Mm-hmm. It, and where I grew up in Nashville, the first climax was also in 50 or 60 years and it would mm-hmm. typically be oak trees, elm trees, trees like that. And then at 200 years, they'd be shaded out by eastern junipers, what people there call cedar trees. And, uh, you know, it just, they've never been in an old growth forest, these kids. Uh, no. <laughs> and if you want to see what an old growth forest is, drive north out of San Francisco on 101 for about 100 miles. And, Less. and then and just look. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know, the thing is, is that... Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh my God, I had a great point I wanted to make, but then you kept talking and I forgot it. Well, that's just because we got all the important stuff out of the way. Sweet gums. Do you know oh, about sweet gums? Of course oh I know God. about sweet gums. Oh, sweet gums, man. We used to have sweet gums in our yard. <laughs> well, now I remember what it was I wanted to talk about. Are you familiar with the Civil War Battle of the Wilderness? Oh, boy, yes. howdy. The wilderness happened around... Um, it was uh, part of the Peninsular Campaign in Virginia. Right, right, right. It was the beginning mm-hmm. of the... It, and it happened um, in a, a patch of woods over near Chancellorsville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the What was called the wilderness, it was called this because it was uh, uh, heavily forested out there. 
uh, and it was tangled with every kind of vines and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the battle, it actually caught the underbrush caught fire. And uh, uh, wounded men were burned to death uh, during the Battle of the Wilderness. Well, uh, by the way, my great grandfather's brother lost an arm in the wilderness. Uh, But uh, the point is, is that the wilderness, what they call the wilderness, uh, was was actually uh, had been tobacco fields uh, thirty or forty years earlier, but and it was mm-hmm. in the scrub stage growing up, not not at, close to climate. And, and what yep. what happened was what happened was is that the soil leached out as as growing tobacco will tend to will do, do to soil <laughs> if you don't rotate it. And the soil had leached out, and so so it returned to you know, whatever vegetation grew up and it was a damned forest. Okay. They were cutting <laughs> logs to make earthworks to mm-hmm. out of to their trenches during the battle. Mm-hmm. And and these was this was substantial trees that had grown in just a span of 30 or 40 years. Well, 30, so these idiot kids in Atlanta a 30-year-old tree is going to be eight inches to a foot in diameter. Right, right, yep. right. Anyways, and so, and so, but you're getting a lot of stuff repeated about this, you know, to try mm-hmm. to uh, win the sympathies of the thing. But uh, by the mm-hmm. way, if you just, uh, can nobody look at a map anymore? I mean, <laughs> I mean no, they have to no. use GPS. <laughs> I swear to God, if you will look at it, this is... Uh, it's about a mile. This site is within a mile of a U.S. highway, uh, right? Twenty-three, which is Moreland Avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you go three miles south, and you're at I-285, which is one of the biggest interstates in the world, continually gridlocked. By the way, it's um, Atlanta. Yes, it's Atlanta. Yeah, you don't want to go anywhere near Atlanta if you don't have to. Well, anyways, it, 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 the idea that, that this forest, quote unquote, <laughs> is some kind of sacred thing that must be preserved is bullshit, and yeah, people mm-hmm. getting killed over it. And the thing yeah. is, the ATF, uh, at least in some of, the, of their uh, local offices, are sending mm-hmm. out warnings to gun dealers it's about being prepared uh, for potential violence and that sort of stuff. And it's interesting. Yeah. Cam Edwards has a, uh, a thing up uh, at bearing arms about uh, what was sent out uh, in uh, by the Minneapolis office. And it's interesting, you know, that people, their ATF is, is, is warning gun stores about potential civil unrest and mm. none of this stuff is coming from places. Uh, place, and we haven't seen any like this come from ATF offices associated with places like Atlanta or, or Memphis. But we have, but it is coming out of places like Minneapolis. Mm. And of course, if you remember the summer of 2020 in many, uh, Minneapolis, oh. it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, that, that that kind of stuff is going on. But then, you know, what do you expect when you have all these white supremacists causing problems in Memphis? Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the post today is called The Diversity of White Supremacy, and it features uh, pictures of Tyree Nichols and the five Memphis police officers uh, who have been charged with uh, murder, I believe, 
second, second degree, degree murder. Yeah, mm-hmm. for for beating him to death. <sighs> um, and I didn't wait uh, for the video, and I didn't watch the video. Uh, my brother watched the video and said, "Yeah, he was resisting arrest." And the moral of the story, therefore, is. Don't resist arrest in Memphis, okay? Or anywhere else. But yeah, yeah. Resisting weird arrest stuff is bad, okay? Well, the you know, the 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 saying that we used I used to hear uh being told uh, to uh, people who might have to deal with cops, you know, this is from 50, 60 years ago, mm-hmm. was don't hit them with your fist, hit them with a writ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. let them take you to jail. And make make your bond, and then and then you know let your lawyer take care of it. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know the thing about uh, the thing about it is is that um, uh, you know it's like uh, people got all upset over you know this um, uh, the oh what's his name George Floyd murders. Mm. I'm sorry, I blanked for a minute and. Uh, mm. um, you know, it, it just, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it it's like I've got nothing to feel. You know, these liberals running around saying mm-hmm. mea culpa, uh, to which my uh, response is culpa tua non est mea. Uh-huh. Yeah. In other words, it's your fault, not mine. I got nothing to do with what goes on in Memphis or Minneapolis or any place else. I Well, there, I, there, there is an interesting angle to uh, this particular thing it may be that some of these cops were, are associated with a criminal organization and that this was a hit uh and, look i i'm not getting into that stuff because it's ridiculous i know if that except, had been the case somebody would have turned off their body cam body cam uh body cam right. every single one of these guys left their body cam on whatever was going on there whether it was horrible training um, we aren't quite sure what happened beforehand, but the fact is that um, Tyree did get up and run away. That indeed. is has a lot to do with what happened. Indeed, I'm not but- excusing. I'm not excusing the cops, but I'm not. I'm not diving down any conspiracy theory rabbit holes on this one. And I'm should, seeing and, poor training. And we should. And, and we shouldn't. Uh, I'm not well. I don't know whether it was poor training or not. But the point is, if you look at how everybody's trying to spin this, mm-hmm. it is absolutely absurd. First of all, uh, if uh, it, let's let's pretend for a second that something like what I just suggested is <sighs> sort of kind of true. What does that What does that say about the ability of the What would that say about the ability of the Memphis Police Department to uh, screen its? Uh, uh, Officers. Well, by the way, by the way, two things, two points, and these are facts and not conspiracy yeah. theory. Number one, mm-hmm. the police chief in Memphis, she was fired from the Atlanta Police Department. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that yes, out she there. was. Number two, uh, this happened, at, two of the cops uh, in this case, at least two of them, uh, were hired after the department lowered its uh, qualifications, Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, perhaps in reaction to what went on during uh, the George Floyd riots, but I don't know. But they had actually lowered their uh, standards uh, for employment. Well, speaking from speaking of the point of view of somebody who grew up in Tennessee in the 50s and 60s, I can tell you that 
uh, I don't, I've never been aware of Memphis police department having had a even mediocre reputation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, you know, the fact that this, you know, this happened in Memphis, it didn't happen in Chattanooga or Knoxville. Right. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, it's a reason Memphis has, has historically had this kind of a bad policing problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a river town, you know, well, there are lots of river towns like Chattanooga and Knoxville and Nashville. Mm -hmm. All the big towns in, uh, in Clarksville are, are, are on are rivers. Oh, okay. So, you know, that, that's just the way mm, Yes, but are. the Mississippi has. Yeah. A, somehow or other, the Mississippi has built this tragic and corrupt reputation. I don't know how. Yeah, New well, Orleans is a, is a bad city. Chicago, is it Chicago? Is Chicago? Chicago is on uh, the uh, Illinois Chicago River. River, which yeah, is Chicago a branch River. of the, which feeds into the Missouri? Well, no, actually there's a canal that connects it over to the Illinois River, which you get mm -hmm. you to the, uh, uh, gets you to the, the Mississippi. It's, a, okay. it's possible that using that canal to completely circumnavigate uh, the eastern part of the United States <laughs> and then back up the intercoastal waterway up the St. Uh, Lawrence. But, oh, wow. that, but, you know, regardless of all that, that, that sort of stuff, yeah, there, there, there's St. Louis, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and Minneapolis, mm -hmm. all these towns are, are have their have their problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about uh, black victims of injustice? Yeah, well, you mm -hmm. can have that. On the other hand, uh, I, I, I was going to bring up uh, non-rioters. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, yes. Uh, and I, mm -hmm. I want to congratulate our friend and former co-defendant. Uh, he's been getting a much Better grade of co-defendants Ollie has recently. <laughs> Instead of you and me, he's had uh, uh, people like Donald Trump. <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, eight U.S. Capitol Police officers filed this frivolous lawsuit um, against an They were the plaintiffs, but they weren't the one. They were listed as the mm -hmm. plaintiffs. But well, yeah, it, somebody the else was paying for behind it. this. This was this was yeah. done by the. It's a Democrat. Yeah, author. but if this is an imaginary yep. conspiracy, uh, uh, taking a whole bunch of groups and individuals uh, to sue, and they're seeking redress for the events of the sixth of January, twenty one, <laughs> and our friend and co defendant and. Uh, several others of the, uh, his co-defendants were completely dismissed from the case on all counts uh, on uh, 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 Thursday evening. So that was, that, was, that was a wonderful thing. There's still a few counts pending against a few people, mm. uh, but uh, congratulations to our friend Ali Alexander. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. He is, uh, he is, uh, he is, uh, 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 you know, they, they brought him, they dragged him in front of the, uh, they had him testify to the grand jury and then they had him testify to Congress <laughs> and, um, and, and they, and they, they took all, I, I mean, they, they, you know, as, as part of the, um, that damned, uh, McCarthy, Mc, not the McCarthy committee, the witch hunt committee, the J6, yeah, the J6 witch hunt committee, committee witch hunt. got a hold of all of his emails, all of his texts and stuff <laughs> like that. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to say anything, but, uh, <laughs> I am boy, did they uh, get a real big nothing burger? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It turned out to be, uh, a, a big nothing burger. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
anyways, but uh, big surprise on the, on the, there. On the other hand, earlier in the week, uh, I, uh, Pinky commented, I think so, Brain, but can they claim victory if his impersonator gets thrown in jail? Ah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I, la- I, I laughed. What are you and talking I laughed about? And I laughed. But Trump's impersonator got uh, charged with uh, involuntary manslaughter, manslaughter for shooting his camera uh, woman. Uh, no, oh, not oh, camera right. woman. Okay. Oh, okay, Alec Baldwin. Cinematographer. Come joke. on. I'm sorry. I got it, and that's why oh, I okay. laughed. Although, to be honest, I'm very, very sorry for the family of that of that woman. That's yeah. really, really a horrible thing. It is. Yeah. Uh, well, on, on the other hand, though, we're at the bottom of the hour. Oh, so yes. Stacy, after he puts down his uh, cup of tea, can mm-hmm. talk about uh, uh, the yellow button. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to actually, I was going to. Yellow should, button. Yellow button first. Okay. All right, folks. We've reached that part of the program where, where we indulge in shameless capitalism. And I tell you that if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, near the top of the center column, you will notice a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it'll take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, shekels, yen, whatever currency you've got except Russian rubles. Uh, You can contribute through my PayPal account to help support the blog, to help support this podcast, and, of course, to keep my wife happy because uh, my wife uh, likes it when I make money off of uh, uh, this uh, operation, and keeping my wife happy is job number one. So uh, please hit the yellow button and contribute to help support the blog. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, Hogwash.com. I don't have a yellow button, but in the sidebar over there on the right at the top, there's an icon of a tip jar. Click on that and you'll be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash. And thank you for the contributions that came in this week, by the way. So, um, yes, that's the one way to support me. Or you could go down and shop at the Hogwash store. There's a link in the sidebar there. Or you can shop using the Amazon link uh, that there, there, and you'll find links to various kinds of uh, uh, things at Hogwash and at uh, the other McCain and other bloggers on the internet uh, who participate in the Amazon affiliates program. When you use those links, uh, the blogger gets a small cut of the action, Well, which is a nice thing that Amazon does to support the blogosphere. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, PayPal won't take uh, rubles anymore, but I no. will take uh, I will take gold Imperial Russian rubles if you just uh, mail them the contact information you can find up in the menu bar at the top. Yes. Regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. And by the way, speaking of the Amazon affiliate program, we got talking <laughs> about coffee last week. Oh, so Stacy put up a blog post about coffee, so you can talk about that now. Yeah, the world's best coffee. Uh, last week we were uh, talking about um, uh, Diana 
uh, took time to thank John for uh, giving her the gift of Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee, <sighs> and, which she praised it. Uh, uh, t- go ahead, Diana. How good is it? Um, okay. Jamaica Blue Mountain lands in York. Okay, first of all, the beans just perfume everything around once you have broken the seal. It I'm is sniffing the, most, the beans now. Yes, I'm sniffing the beans. And it it's like it's coffee taken to that almost platonic ideal in terms of, of, of scent. Once you grind it and you brew it, um, it's a, it's, it, John, you, John sent us a medium roast, um, which, by the way, really does complement the way that Blue Mountain is. Um, it it complements the bean very well, so that you end up with this floral smell and this floral taste that is almost like a tea. Um, those bitter notes that people always try to cover with sugar, which is a bit mistake, or uh, milk, aren't there. Um, Jamaica Blue Mountain has this amazing aromatic floral richness that is just absolutely, um, it, it, it's awe-inspiring. Everybody uh, should try it at least once. Uh, let me let me issue a disclaimer here, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you experience an erection lasting more than four hours, <laughs> By hearing, by hear, because you've heard Diana talking about this coffee. You should hear me talk about poetry. Anyway. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm sitting over here listening. I've got the headphones on, you know, and I'm listening to her talking about the aromatic fragrance of the beans. And I, I just happened, John brought a pound of these beans and I'm over here sniffing the beans and listening to this and I'm if you experience an erection lasting more than four hours I'm not saying I'm not saying that Jamaica Blue uh, can can cure your erectile dysfunction but uh, it, it is very it, it is and and I had I had no idea about about this uh, coffee until y'all started talking about it last week. And I quickly, it's just what I have for breakfast. I, I I quickly googled it, and it said this coffee has developed a reputation that has made it one of the most expensive and sought after coffees in the world. Over eighty percent of all Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee. Is exported to Japan. Mm-hmm. Aha! You see what I'm talking about here? There's an international competition <laughs> on the supply side. I mean, on the oh, demand when I, side. When I, when I was in Japan, uh, they had vending machines uh, that would grind the Blue Mountain coffee and sell you a cup of it back then for 100 yen, which was you mm. know one of those little six ounce cardboard cups uh, for a buck which, you know, 30 years ago. Was Not serious... neutral enough. You yeah. want a ceramic mug for this. <laughs> I, well, anyways, I, I, you know, and, and, and so I realized that the supply is limited. It, it, it tells mm-hmm. you on here that it can only be grown at, to mm-hmm. be certified as Blue Mountain Coffee. It can only be grown at certain altitudes 
in mm-hmm. the Blue Mountains of Jamaica, which aren't that right, like right, right. There is not a very big area. <laughs> there is this small one place in the world where they grow these beans, mm-hmm. and everybody wants some. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. right? And this is I've got the link up here. You can click the link, mm-hmm. and it will take you to my Amazon account where you can buy these precious beans see and i figure it's it was already let me look at the price today i'm going to go, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to click on the thing here and it's telling me for uh wait let me go to the one pound thing right now the beans are selling for 62.98 a the, pound the, the stuff i get, just gave you and what i sent to diana i bought that for uh $49.50 last wow. week mm-hmm. But last that's last week. seasons. Yeah. But that's last seasons. Um, yes. at, at, I know at, well, because I no, checked. At, but but when I when I bought it, they only had fifteen bags left. You are yeah. right. <laughs> so I'm figuring that if 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 all of us start hoarding these beans, right? If all my blog readers, <laughs> why, will start ordering these beans off Amazon, right? Is that <laughs> we could drive up the price. It's, it, it'd be like the tulip craze of the 17th century. <laughs> see? And, you know, you see? And, 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 you know, look, man, uh, people are going into and they're buying Bitcoin. I know. Stuff like this. I'm saying, no, man, buy the damn beans, man. These are some quality coffees. <laughs> and, and, and we could just start hoarding it up. You know, and I could start it, talking about it. I could, we could record me talking about it. Yeah, yeah be selling it. Well, yeah, right, right, right. We need to get a recording of well, I, these I, aromatic I, I, beans. Are actually, I need to be paid. I need to be paid flavor. for this. I, actually, I, I, I keep typically four kinds of uh, coffee in stock uh, for my use. One is I like uh, Kauai pea berry and that is amazing. It's not as good as Jamaica Blue Mountain, but it's very close. Kona is actually third on my list. Yes, well, I I I, I keep Kona. I keep mm-hmm. Blue Mountain. I have found a Peruvian that's not bitter and and, mm-hmm. and, and is quite nice. Mm-hmm. And then I have my own uh, blend of uh, Sumatra and Java that mm-hmm. I, I keep in stock but uh, yes nice. the blue mountain the blue mountain is just it's it's like riding in a rolls royce yeah. it's just it is, well it? i've got a whole damn pound of these beans and uh read the and follow the there's a how to uh, how much to use to make uh, you make really stuff. need to listen to the, the guide yes. yeah and some of the some of the people out there i know these rioters they think or you know is that Damage to property is not violence. Well, you come for my beans, Bella, and you're going to find out about violence. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, but at least you don't have any classified documents. Oh, no, oh. no, 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 no. That well, no, was the it. best remark, Stacy. That was the best remark. Go ahead. <laughs> what? Documents um, here. Documents there. Classified documents everywhere. It's a Dr. Seuss story at this point. Yes! Uh, <laughs> classified documents were found at former Vice President Mike Pence's home in Carmel, Indiana last week, according to CNN. It is unclear what classified information exists in the documents. Pence's lawyer 
alerted the National Archives of the revelation. The DOJ was subsequently notified by the National Archives. The FBI and the Justice Department have launched an investigation into the documents and how they were taken to Indiana. So Pence had classified documents in Indiana. Trump had classified documents in Florida. And Biden had classified documents in what? Five locations now? So many that I've lost count. You get the idea that maybe all these secrets weren't so secret. <laughs> but uh, Well, either that or people are just uh, uh, too important to have to follow the rules. On the other hand, I can remember every time leaving my office, I cleared off the top of the desk mm. and uh, put everything in the filing safe and locked the safe. You know, um, because I handled other people's financials, and to this day, because I handle other people's financials, um, everything on my computer is passworded, and um, any physical documents get locked, get put in a locked cabinet. I mean, granted, everything I do is uh, involves pretty much public records, but people are bad about understanding how to look at records. So I just don't yeah. want anybody going, grabbing stuff out of my desk. Yeah. Well, I don't deal with any classified information uh, anymore when any of my government Mine's work. Mine's just but, confidential. But there, but yes. Well, there's a thing. The government has uh, a, 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 mm -hmm. uh, a category of information called controlled unclassified mm -hmm. information. That's things like somebody's social security number. Yep. Right. Well, it's also uh, stuff that isn't confidential or secret or top secret, but you don't want anybody in the world looking at it. And so, for mm -hmm. example, gee, you know, the stuff we do that deals with things like rockets and stuff like that, mm -hmm. uh, you, you don't want to give away to anybody who you might not, you know, want in the ballistic missile business. Or, for mm -hmm. example the electronic side design that go to space, well, they have mm -hmm. to withstand radiation environments. Well, you know, that means uh, they could be used uh, around things that are just sitting there being radioactive all the time, like the control circuitries, you know, a weapon. So, you know, stuff I deal with every day on a routine, routine basis is what's called CUI controlled, mm -hmm. uh, unclassified information. And, you know, there's, there's computers that just didn't go on. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, uh, the, you know, but I, 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 I feel like I, I'm feeling a sense of inadequacy. Like that <laughs> I, everybody's got classified documents, but me, you know, I, I, I feel like. But you've got a social security number that somebody, that the rest of us aren't supposed to publish. So there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but by the way, well, Anyways, I, I found out that uh, uh, my name actually turns up in uh, some uh, uh, <laughs> some some uh, documents obtained by the January sixth committee, but uh, but uh, but yeah, I didn't realize that. You but, dangerous uh, radical, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, but you know, apparently, I'm an unindicted co-conspirator. Speaking of crimes, yeah, well, though, yes. Uh, uh, speaking, yeah, speaking right. of people who get indicted, uh, former top uh, FBI counterintelligence <laughs> agent uh, Charles McGonagall has been indicted and arrested for illegally working for a Russian oligarch. Now, McGonagall mm -hmm. was 
deeply involved in the Russian collusion hoax <laughs> investigation. And he's been charged with money laundering and violating U.S. sanctions laws by working for this Russian oligarch. Oligarch Derepeska. Yeah, yes. but I mean, nothing to see here. Just move, move right along. along. Yeah, it's a, there's, there's nothing there. On the other hand, uh, the, the guns are starting to smoke, uh, even uh, though uh, he probably, uh, we know he lied on his ATF form, uh, mm. smoking guns around Hunter. Uh, yeah, so the Lots. question is, did Hunter Biden use classified documents for his foreign business? And, and Oh, yeah. The person who raised this question, by the way, um, is Miranda Devine of the New York Post, mm -hmm. uh, who has been all over the Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, uh, well, uh, give me a metaphor that I can repeat. On, on the, well, anyways, but she's been all over this. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't have the oscillator to make the little tones. <laughs> it's been two years. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, over For over two years, she's been on the Hunter Biden mm -hmm. laptop story. Miranda <laughs> Devine. Okay. And I'm, mm -hmm. I have reason to believe that her next column will, will also be a blockbuster mm -hmm. on the, um, on the thing, but here's the thing is that she wrote a column this week about an email dated April 12th, 2014 sent to Hunter Biden's then business partner with 22 detailed points with quote unquote research about the situation in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Last year, uh, Hunter's Biden partner, uh, Devin Archer, was sentenced to more than a year in prison uh, because of his role in a fraud scheme in which Hunter Biden was not implicated. But, but the point is, is that this document, uh, people who have seen this, and, and it's out there, right, uh, this email mm -hmm. that he sent, said it reads like a, a, a briefing. OK, mm -hmm. it's it, it does. It, there, there's information in there that, uh, quote unquote, is not readily available. Uh, uh, she appeared on uh, uh, earlier this week on um, uh, Tucker Carlson's program mm -hmm. to discuss this. And a lot of people are, are looking at this and going, wait a minute. Um, why in 2014? Right. Mm. Does Biden, uh, Hunter Biden, who had no previous experience in this area, by the way, <laughs> how does he know all this stuff about Ukraine and Russia? Right. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and and uh, go ahead. And uh, the thing is that what you were quoting, I'd already read Miranda Devine's article, but um, it was when I was reading your article, the thing that really jumped out at me was that this, um, I'm sorry, we've all become painfully aware of uh, Hunter Biden's uh, literary style. Mm -hmm. And it's not especially literate and it's not especially detailed and it's not especially systematic. Um this was all of the above and it was cool and analytical and, and distant and thorough. These are not things you associate with Hunter Biden's, uh, over. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it's something. You, well, it is something yeah. you might associate with cut and paste. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know uh, what's going on here, but uh, uh, but uh, Ron Johnson. Uh, Senator from Wisconsin is looking at it. And the uh, now that the Democrats are in charge of the uh, House Oversight Committee, oh. um, they're going to be asking questions Republicans, about this. Republicans, I hope you meant. <laughs> what? Ooh, Republicans, you, you, said, you said Democrats. Oh, I'm sorry. Now that Republicans are in charge of the, <sighs> thank you, the House <laughs> Oversight Committee. You know, this is really making me feel old when kids like you have those senior moments. <laughs> kids like me that's right you know <laughs> anyways um but uh speaking of which uh, speaking of your brain yes well mm -hmm. i think so brain but the ad says the vet comes with documents <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, anyway moving across the coast though from delaware oh. uh, we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about californication yeah. uh they got another harebrained proposal in their legislature for a wealth slash exit tax. Yeah, um, right. The, the bill includes provisions that would create a contract between residents of California and the state trans, uh, uh, franchise tax board that if you're in a certain wealthy uh, category uh, and you don't have the cash to pay your wealth tax because... Uh, you know, you can't liquidate the stocks or whatever, or sell the land or whatever. Uh, uh, you then uh, are required to make annual filings about how you're going to eventually catch up on it and the, eventually pay the wealth tax owed, even if you move out of the state. Uh, and one of the common criticisms <laughs> that uh, about the exit tax position uh, that you see, like on Twitter, is, oh, yeah, well, how do you think you're going to collect when I move to another state? And I can tell you exactly how they're going to do it from personal experience. They keep taxing you. And then they keep giving you the refund. And they keep taxing the refund. And it goes on until you finally say, look, stop this. I don't, here, here's your refund back. <laughs> well, no, here, here, here's, here's what happened to me. Mm. Uh, uh, my wife and I moved to California from Tennessee mm -hmm. uh, in 1982, and we left in 1990. And when we left, we sold all our real estate. We removed or uh, all of our personal property from the state. Mm -hmm. We closed all of our bank or other financial accounts in the state, so we got no financial connection to California. Okay? That's in 1990. In 1994 the Franchise Tax Board filed a lien on our house in Maryland, a oh, tax yeah. lien. Uh, and that was the first time we'd ever heard that they even claimed there was any kind of delinquency. You uh, and, had no delinquency. Well, 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 when we didn't immediately pay, the Franchise Tax Board's response to us was, we don't like your kind, we're going to turn you into the IRS. And so the <laughs> IRS, no, the IRS audited us and found that uh, we hadn't, but we had had a math error in a transaction and that we had overpaid our taxes <laughs> and they sent us a refund. For, I mean, it was like a, it was like a hundred dollars out of maybe eight or 9,000 we owed. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was, you know, this, it's the sort of thing that 
uh, I really didn't want them to write me a check. I just assumed they left the hundred dollars as a tax credit. You know, they can mm -hmm. use it against that year's taxes. They sent me a check. Okay, fine. But then they they uh, then reported that to the franchise tax board, and th that audit meant that uh, we were owed a small refund from California as well. And I made them cut the five dollar check. Mm -hmm. which probably cost them a whole lot more than five bucks. And mm -hmm. I forced them to remove the tax lien. So mm -hmm. yeah, we beat California in their attempt to extort us. Mm -hmm. But I think that story shows you just how California figures it's going to enforce the exit tax. Oh yeah. Uh, the FTB. I used to say that while the IRS is a bunch of uh, zombies and vampires, um, I, my opinion of the FTB was much lower. Uh, Revenant uh, Apparatchiki was just the best I could, uh, could come up with. I think more like the fifth circle, uh, as Dante would talk about. It. You it, know, yeah. you're right. The fifth circle is, is a pretty good choice. It's a, well, it's where the bureaucrats are. Yeah, uh, it's where you hide the bureaucrats. Anyway, uh, uh, as an update uh, to the, what I was talking about, it's been pointed out by some uh, relatively sharp lawyers I know that the wealth <laughs> tax would, vi would violate the takings clause of the Fifth Amendment because it's just saying, no, uh, we want this, uh, you have this property and we want this part of it. And uh, the exit tax violates your right to travel and mm -hmm. leave. So, yep. uh, you know, it's true. Uh, but when did that ever stop the California legislature from passing something that was patently unconstitutional? Will ever stop them. They are evil. Yeah. Well, you know, on the other hand, uh, we both escaped. Yes. Yeah. Unlike some others. Well, yeah. Well, there's, uh, you know, there it is. But um, it's crazy in California. Well, it's crazy all worse. over the it's crazy all over the world, and crazy mm. people are dangerous. Yes, and uh, and uh, uh, this week's crazy people are dangerous uh, involves um, Brian Koberger, who uh, is accused of killing four college students in Iowa. Uh, he and and what uh, <laughs> scared me to death mm. is when I saw something. From Nancy Grace, you remember <sighs> Nancy Grace? But uh, well, Nancy she's now she now hosts her own show on Fox Nation, and she suggested that the Idaho killer's motive may be unanswered Instagram direct messages, DMs. Right? Okay, and I'm 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 reading this, and it says. Was there a possible link between the Idaho student murders suspect, Brian Koberger, and one of his victims? Nancy Grace tackled this topic and said, said according to a source, uh, I think it was they told People Magazine, yes, um, that Koberger sent multiple direct messages to one of the victims through the social media app Instagram, but never received a reply. Now, Nancy Grace then discussed this and explained that the victim may not have known, uh, known about the message, may never have read them, because here's something, if, you, if you're not on Instagram, okay, if if you 
if if some if you're not fo- unless you're following someone, if someone that you're not following sends you a direct message, okay, that goes to a queue that you can only see if you click and and say, um, show me this stuff. Yeah, yeah, show me this stuff. What okay. works the same way. Right, right, but but the thing is, it's it's not. Uh, you don't get a notification that you've got this stuff, or it just piles up with spam, right? Okay, it's mm. it's what's essentially spam that if I you're wouldn't not know follow- it's there because I've never bothered to look. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. But th- there are these bots on on Instagram that will follow you and send you messages, and it's like, mm. no, thank you, Nigerian scammer. <laughs> I don't want to give you my personal information, okay? So here's the idea, is that Koberger may have become enraged that this girl seemed to be snubbing him by mm. not replying to his direct messages, and she may not have even known no. he existed. Okay, you know there are a whole lot of uh, women that I uh, tried to attract their attention, and they never bothered with me. <laughs> well, I was just incredibly age, lucky in one case. Okay, the, uh, yo, I as I recall, both of the girls were uh, in, that were killed in this uh, particular thing. They they three, were very cute. They were three cute. girls, three girls, and three they were girls. all really cute. Yeah, so was and, the guy. <laughs> and so so he's trying to hit them hit up with them on their DMs on Instagram and think he's being turned down. Uh she never even sees the message. And I'm thinking this is scary to me, uh considering that my daughter is da 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 a cute popular college girl who uses Instagram, right? Tell her to get off Instagram and right so I'm now. Thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, what if some creepy stalker loner out there at this very minute mm-hmm. uh, is boiling with rage because my daughter hasn't answered his DMs? She's armed, right? <laughs> uh, but the point is, is that is that it's a threat out there. Mm-hmm. This, you know, Instagram could get you killed. Yes. And if this mm-hmm. turns out to be the motive in this case, oh my God. You know, I mean, they're sending people to federal prison for parading around, you know, but it seems to me that Instagram, right, is a hell of a lot more uh, complicit in this murder uh, than I ever was in the J6 riot. So, (laughs) but anyways, well, I hear the boogie woogie piano in the background, uh, which, um, uh, tells us that we're nearing the end of the podcast. And I'm just going to sniff these beans one He's more time. Order <laughs> some of this coffee, folks. It <laughs> smells so good. It is uh, amazing. It, it, you can buy it through our Amazon links and it will uh, give us money. But we will be back next Saturday at the usual time, 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, and we will be joined again by Diana. Mm-hmm. And- And thank you for joining us tonight, Diana. You're so welcome. Good night, Diana. Good night, Stacey. And we'll see you.
Mr. Breeze. <laughs> 